Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thanks for joining us today for Colorado Business Roundtable's Profits and Purpose, telling the story that business is a force for good. And in this particular series, we're talking about workforce. Colorado Business Roundtable brings together executives from academia, business, community, and government. And we work on policy issues that affect Colorado's employers, their, their ability to thrive and grow here in our state. And what we've heard even before COVID was workforce was the number one issue. And certainly the pandemic and the corresponding economic crisis has has further made workforce um, really um, the number one issue for employers. And I'm really excited today to welcome uh, Pam Tony, who is the president of CSU Global, and she's also on our board of directors, giving us the voice of higher ed, of academics um, within our roundtable. And Pam, welcome to the conversation today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's no surprise to you that workforce is really the number one issue on the minds of employers. And it's, uh, you know, we just had a recent roundtable, which you were a part of, that actually brought together executives from the private sector, business community, with um, leaders of higher ed institutions here in Colorado to, to really try to help um, provide even more partnership and industry alignment. Um, within the sectors. Um, one thing I, I want to start off first before we jump in, uh, I've got a bunch of questions for you about workforce and the role that higher ed plays in that. But first, tell us tell us about you, how you became um, involved in higher ed, how you became uh, the president of CSU Global. Sure. Well, my journey into higher education actually started in financial aid, um, and it really captured my attention. And I really enjoyed being able to work with students and help them understand that there is a path forward. Sometimes higher education and college seems really out of touch for a lot of people. They don't know where to get started. They definitely don't know how to pay for it. And being in financial aid, I felt like I had a purpose of being able to make it easy and simple for them. My journey then continued on um, into CSU Global. I started there as the director of financial aid. And from there, I was able to really expand my skills and just learn about all of the different aspects of the business. I've been with CSU Global since 2011. So I'm actually coming up here on 11 years with CSU Global. My prior um, experience was across all of the different operational departments. Um, and prior to becoming the president, I was the COO there. My, my purpose in being the president is really helping people to access education and really help them to move forward in their career and really come out and have a better life. Um, education is critical to that. And I'm excited that CSU Global has um, academic and professional success as part of our mission. Well, it sounds like you found your your spot as a leader here in Colorado and how you're moving your institution forward. And that's that's kind of a nice segue into my first question is, as I was preparing to talk with you today about workforce, one, I, I saw a really powerful message just logging into your website that said, um, move forward, career relevant degree programs designed for the modern world. And I thought that was incredibly powerful 
especially what I've learned about CSU Global over the years, um, having you as a board member, um, you know, career relevant degree programs, CSU Global has a unique spot, I think, in, in the institutions here in the state. And I'd love for you to share more about that, like how, how um, you have really partnered um, with, you know, industry in a unique way. So tell us more about that, Pam. Sure. So at CSU Global, one of our, um, I mentioned our purpose was academic and professional success. And so you'll notice that our suite of programs are really focused on the degrees that you need in order to work in that industry. So unfortunately, we don't have all of the fun degrees um, of liberal arts, but we do try to make sure that we're focusing all of our skills and learning on what students need so that they can be effective employees. We are a completely online campus. Um, we have a 100% online university. Um, and while other universities have actually moved courses online, our practice has always been bringing education to students um, in an asynchronous eight-week course term. Um, we've tested out some other models and some different ways of providing that education, um, but we wanna make sure that we are, again, accessible to students. We primarily serve working adults. And so we wanna make sure that even though they are working, taking care of families, all of that, they have um, the curriculum and the support and services that they need. When it comes to really um, designing and developing our programs, we want to make sure that they are relevant in industry. And so we ensure that we're working with some of the top experts on our curriculum and classes so that students get real in-demand skills that they need when they get into the workplace. We work with many different types of uh, tools in, in addition to books. Um, I think one of the things that really helps our students is that we put industry tools into our classes so that they can practice that. Um, and again, we want to offer flexibility to accommodate all of the things that are going on in their lives. So they have the ability to really work at their own pace on their own time. And from wherever that is, um, now that we're out of COVID, while before everybody was at home and um, jumping from work into school, um, people are starting to get back into the office. They still have commutes now. So um, we try to make our classes accessible on all of the different devices too. So you don't always have to be in front of your computer to be learning. And that kind of brings me to a good point that I thought I should step back. Um, you all were online and hybrid um, before it was a thing, you know, that, that forced a lot of, COVID forced a lot of institutions who hadn't really taken advantage of the online component, but that's, is that the way you deliver information for your students, primarily online? It's 100% online. So everything we do is offered um, online. And so we don't have any in-person. We do offer, uh, our faculty members meet with our students via Zoom. So if they have questions and they really want to have that physical interaction per se, they can set up Zoom meetings with faculty and staff members as well. Um, but we have been 100% focused on providing the best online innovative learning experience. And so that's where with COVID, I, we like to differentiate what we do as online learning 
um, as opposed to a lot of institutions had to move to virtual learning, which is a very different aspect where you're either watching into the class or it's a Zoom meeting where you're talking with people. And our classes are actually designed for online learning, which means that we're making sure that we're building in tools and resources different multimedia in order to enhance that educational experience and ensure that they're getting um, the most out of that and they have the best learning experience. And, and this is a little um, off script too, but how was COVID, how was that disruption? It was such a disruption, I think, for um, institutions who had the in-person, in-classroom experience. What was that like for CSU Global and, and what did you experience in terms of uh, you know, number of students applying, you know, number of students served, what trends you might be seeing going forward? Yeah, so we were affected by COVID very differently than some of our sister institutions where they had to figure out how can they get learning in front of their students in a short amount of time in a way where they're not able to connect where they normally do. So our courses were not impacted. Students could still take their courses and do all of that. Um, but the interesting part that we saw, because of the, uh, the demographic that we serve, which is working professionals, they were really struggling with being able to balance work from home. Their children are now at home. They're trying to teach their children. Um, so we had really this dichotomy where students were either saying, I have extra time now, maybe uh, they were on furlough or they lost their job and they're like, I'm just gonna focus on my education. So we had students who were taking double the course load and just trying to get through it as fast as they could. And on the other side, we had students that were taking a break and they, they came to us and they're like, I just cannot, I can't do this right now. There's just too many things going on, too much uncertainty. And so we really tried to focus on what support and services did students need at that time. So those students who were going full speed ahead, we were there to support them, make sure that they had access to the tutoring and writing center and all of the tech support that they would need in order to really keep going at the pace that they wanted to. And for our students who were really struggling just with life in general, uh, we offered them up our student assistance program where they could have access to a counselor and really that life support of how can they just get from day to day in that. And so through that, we've really started to um, kind of shift now that we're coming out of COVID and we're seeing that students are coming back. We're, we're seeing our enrollment and retention really starting to move up on that scale so that they can actually continue their education right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we were working with uh, folks who were in the advocacy arena on child care centers that were affected you know, the K through 12 population, if, you're, if your kids are suddenly home, uh, you know, whether it's a childcare issue or a school issue, you know, it certainly affects working adults. Um, and so now getting kickstarted back uh, as a strong economy, I'm sure it, it uh, you know, we're all incredibly um, uh, interconnected in terms of being able to continue, um, whether it's work or education. So uh, another question, um, Pam, that we that we saw when we've met recently with higher ed is an interesting conversation around industry, and you touched on it briefly, around industry partnerships. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes think about it like, how do we think it in terms of industry alignment? And um, I've heard this term, co-creators of talent, you know, um, how, do, how does industry work well 
with higher ed, maybe in a big picture standpoint, what would you what would you see as kind of the, the perfect collaboration model? I think there's several different ways and we collaborate with industry in multiple different ways. Um, one of those ways is we want to make sure that obviously I mentioned at the beginning that we want to make sure that the degrees that we're offering are really relevant and necessary. So we make sure that the jobs that we're preparing students for really require that degree or certificate. As we're developing them, we like to bring industry experts who are out there in the field into our curriculum design process to ensure that we are tapping into what they need. So our students are prepared, not just from a content perspective, but a skills perspective as well. I think the other way that we've been able to partner with industry is they just want to be able to create alignment between all of the great work. A lot of companies and organizations, a lot of the larger ones even, have really great training programs or apprenticeship programs. And so we work with them to evaluate how that learning that occurred in the workplace or on those apprentice sites can apply to higher education. And so we do transfer articulations for credit so that students get the knowledge and skills that they need that they didn't already, they don't already know. We a lot of times call that prior learning assessment. And so they get credit for the work that they do and the knowledge and skills that they already have. Um, another really exciting way that we partner is with one of our examples is with Amazon. So we are now a career choice partner with Amazon, and that allows us to educate their workforce. So they're helping to invest in their employees' future, and we're here to help get them into careers that when they're done working and they're ready to move on from Amazon, they have another career um, in place for them. So. We, we do it in several different ways, and I don't know that there's a right way. I know the conversation that we had um, between industry and higher education, there were so many great ideas and just different ways uh, that higher ed can partner with industry, but that industry can also partner with higher education. And so I think that it was very insightful for both sides to realize that we don't have to live in silos, we can actually come together. And that's been CSU Global's model. We have always tried to make sure that we're not preparing our students in this vacuum where they're gonna have all of this knowledge and skills and then they're gonna go to the workplace and, and then have to retrain. So we're trying to really bring those pieces together so that it's effective for students as well as employers. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that conversation was fascinating, too, in terms of, uh, you know, how do we think innovatively? And the truth is, your model works really good as CSU Global, but it's not for every student either. So to have, um, to some degree, healthy competition between institutions of higher ed, knowing that students need different paths, uh, different institutions have different specialties, and, you know, the truth is uh, in, we don't need a one size fits all approach. And that that is sort of um, not the way to get innovation anyway. Right. Exactly. Speaking of um, innovation and success, you've CSU Global has had a lot of success with students in terms of tracking outcomes. What can you tell me? Um, how do you track um, the success of CSU Global, the success of your students going forward? Yeah, so there's many different ways that we track students through the entire life cycle and journey. 
Um, one of our main purpose and focus is to really ensure that students are getting a return on investment. And so we really focus on how are our students doing, our alumni, how are they doing after they leave us? And so we collect graduate salary and job placement data, and we run several different analysis to try to collect all of this information through alumni surveys, surveys with employers. We also work with the third-party data um, source that allows us to really dive into, are they doing better? And we have found, we just um, finished our our ratio for this year and our students actually get a return for every dollar they spend with us. They see a $4.90, almost $5, but $4.90 um, benefit to them um, that comes to them in the means of a salary. So we're really focused on making sure that they have that on, return on investment, that our tuition is affordable and students have that return again. Um, we also throughout that, that's when they graduate. Graduation is my number one metric that I'm always focused on because that is that is our job. Our goal is not to just get students to take one class with us, but it's to make sure that they have that pathway all the way through graduation and then they're prepared to go into the workforce. Or really, we're looking at our students are either changing careers, so they're trying to get into a new career, or they're able to get that promotion or that increase or move to a new organization in the same field. Yeah, that's the other, the other rates that we really focus on are retention rates, making sure that students are sticking with their program, um, as well as, again, graduation rates are the number one metric. If we're not graduating students, then we need to really look at what we're doing and making sure that um, they get to finish out that goal that they've set for themselves as well. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a great metric. I think I heard something like, and you can correct me if you think my figure's wrong, that there's 700,000 Coloradans with some college but haven't finished college. And that's such an astounding number when you think yeah. about the size of our state. Correct. And, you know, everybody, they might have moved on and had professional opportunities that don't require a college degree, but, um, you know, to provide a path towards a graduation um, and, and especially, you know, when you're talking about ROI, you're speaking my language uh, as a parent who helped a couple of kids yes. through college myself. So it's a great, it's a great word. So what's next? What's next for you, Pam? I know I congrats on the Amazon um, being that's a really, really great partnership. Obviously, Amazon is growing um, their employee base here in Colorado and offering college um, as a benefit to working at Amazon, which is amazing. But tell us tell us what's next for you in the year, in the couple of years to come. Yeah. So right now we're full into our new strategic plan. We just set up our new strategic plan three-year plan that started last year and it will take us into 2024 and it's really built around four critical pillars for us ensuring that we're providing an innovative experience for students that we're driving student success building more strategic engagement with our stakeholders across the board including in industry and then maintaining our entrepreneurial spirit and our entrepreneurial culture. And through this, we are hoping to bring more opportunity for students to meet them where they're at. We talked a lot today about the degree programs that we offer, and we are finding that there is more of an appetite for short-term learning. For us, 
we are happy to provide that short-term learning, but we want to ensure that that helps move them forward down a path and into the future. So one of the recent examples of a program that we just launched, um, we're calling it CSU Global Direct, and it's an offering that allows us to provide non-degree courses to students. Our first area of focus was really in healthcare. And so we're able to provide prerequisite healthcare courses to students who are looking forward to attending a professional school, whether it's preparing to get into nursing school or pre-med, medical school, undergraduate, graduate degrees. We have courses that are helping them prepare for that and that will have that ability to transfer in. We're continuing to build that out and we'll be looking at different options that we have most likely in technology where a couple classes can get you what you need to get into that job that you're looking for, but it still lets you build into the career and the degree that you need in order to move up and be promoted within that industry. I think the other things that we're really looking forward to is just really building our strategic partnerships. We talked a little bit about Amazon, um, which is which is a great opportunity for us to provide and advance opportunities for this demographic that can really benefit from that. And having partners that really believe in and invest in education is really our target audience when it comes to engagement and doing more with industry. We're always interested and excited to partner with industry. And again, making sure that we're providing that education that focuses on what they need. If we're just developing students and get, having them get the degree and we're spending a lot more time and energy in industry trying to retrain people, um, I feel like we haven't done our job fully. So we're really looking for those opportunities to advance that for both higher education as well as industry and really bringing the workforce together. It's a changing world out there for sure. and. What students need now in the value of education is really under um, the microscope right now. And we wanna make sure that we're part of the solution moving forward and that we're fulfilling the needs of both students and stakeholders. Oh, well, um, perfectly said, Pam. And we're honored to have you a part of Colorado Business Roundtable. You bring tremendous thought leadership to our board of directors. And we're grateful for the alignment that we have together. and. I appreciate you coming on today and talking um, about workforce. Again, such a critical issue. And we're excited to continue our collaboration with um, you and CSU Global, as well as our other partners in higher ed. So thanks Absolutely. for joining us today. I appreciate thank your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right, thank you. Thank and thanks you. everyone. Thanks everyone for tuning in uh, to Colorado Business Roundtable. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.